Welcome to Sketch Magazine Podcast, hosted by Bill Nichols, Senior Editor of Sketch Magazine, John Wilson, Editor of Sketch Daily over at ComicRelated.com, and myself, Robert W. Hickey, Publisher of Sketch Magazine and Co-Founder of Blue Line. Come back after the music and find out what we have to offer in this episode. What's up, creators? This is John once again, and I am sitting actually in the same room with publisher Bob Hickey and editor Bill Nichols, and you have once again found the Sketch Magazine podcast. Tonight, we will be talking to you from deep inside the middle of Skystorm Studios history. We have about 30 years of artwork laying around us, and apropos to that fact, we are going to talk tonight about... How to deal with your own history. How you doing tonight, guys? Doing great. This is Bill. Hey, John. Doing all right, bud. Okay, so history. Um, history not just for breakfast anymore. What are we going to say about dealing with your history? First, dealing with, I guess, how to, um, how to approach dealing with the history of your book. Now that you have all these characters and have all these books... How do you deal with all that? Well, I, th- I think what we're talking about here is sort of not so much as a history running one through whatever, but we've started a project and then it didn't go in the direction you wanted, so you sort of restart that product. Right. And you get it in the direction you want to go, then what do you do with those three issues that you had before that really never saw print or saw limited print or maybe the first issue got printed? And you look at this and you go, wow, there's 60 pages of artwork here, but it's not the property that it is now. Yeah, right. That's sort of what we're talking about with some of these Skystorm properties is that what do we do with this? How, how do we present this to a reader base? The artwork looks totally different. The characters and storylines totally different. It's like, you know, what do we do with it? So that's, that's sort of what's on the table. How to deal with... A property that you've restarted, re-kickstarted. Do you do the mirror universe as, as you know Star Trek? It's like an alternate version. No, can't get that deep. Not in our little universe, right. you know. But um, you know that's that's just what we're talking about here. Is how we can take a property, not lose those sixty pages of content, but yet not reflect on you know on on the property that we got coming out now either you don't want you know to not i wouldn't say downgrade that property but you don't want to take away from the readers or or one thing you got to worry about is you do a race danger one on current continuity brand new launch beautiful artwork you do a race danger one with continuity from 15 years ago and you don't want to confuse the readers either you got to be very careful how we present this so that's sort of been the topic of the evenings how we present properties that we've kick-started um, the funny thing is, what we're finding out is that there's been several properties <laughs> in the Sky Story universe that we have kickstarted over, at least once, if not twice. So uh, that's sort of what we're talking about. Well, from an editorial standpoint, Bill, um, looking, how would you, how would you suggest that maybe someone deal with their past history? Um, 
should they follow what came before or do they just start fresh with the same characters but a brand new property how would you approach that well i think with some of the stuff that we're looking at today a lot of it is it's a mix of both of those where you're looking at possibly merging the two ideas in some form or fashion maybe one is a history a pre-story uh, the other one may be uh, just totally you you have evolved as a company and as uh, storytellers and that old stuff may not be on a par with what you're doing now as far as subject matter or uh, quality of art or writing I mean hopefully as you go along you continue to just continue to get better and you know I'm seeing things that I did almost 20 years ago <laughs> and yeah do I want that out there I don't really think I have a choice <laughs> yeah, maybe not so much but it, especially in the case of the stuff we're dealing with tonight I mean there are some completely fully realized stories that we've come across that the art is it may not be exactly the same as what's being done now, but it's definitely good art. It's definitely passable. What do you do with stuff like that? Well, I think we have to take each project, especially with uh, some of the fully realized issues that we have. I mean, we have the whole thing. Right. And some of them don't have words. Some of them don't have inks on all the pages. Uh, they're works in progress that... Uh, just really have to look and see how we can work those things in together to make it work so that it's not something that's just totally out there that it's not a you know something that was sitting in a closet and deserves to be in a closet this is stuff that's been done and needs to be out there really so it's it's really looking at it hard and trying to find a way to you know to bring it out and make it relevant it needs to contribute to the property in some form and no it's, it's probably this stuff that we're finding it's not going to contribute to current storyline even though we might stumble across a character we really like so we might bring that character out in a future storyline you know um, but most of it is sellable I mean it's a readable story might need some tweaking might have to edit a little bit but it's a lot of it is solid material. It, it, it's different. Um, it was you know a lot of done 10, 15 years ago, and you're thinking, well, that's 80s, 90s stuff. Actually, a lot, a lot of it is sort of the um, independent publishing now. So it's amazing how it sort of like evolved back. You know, they always say bill bottoms come back. You know, well this art style sort of coming back. Retro. Um, Retro. Retro very right? Maybe that's the tagline. There you go. Retro. Retro. Skystorm. Sky yes. I like that. I have to do a real fancy retro <laughs> logo. Chuck is clapping yes, in the so other room. The clapping you hear in the background is from Comic Related Zone Chuck Moore, who is currently doing all the grunt work of putting up this 30 years of artwork. 30 years of art going into the sleeves, into the folders. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> And we've been, uh, speaking of the, the esteemed Chuck Moore, we've been talking a lot about digital uh, tonight and how a lot of these properties may find new life on 
a computer screen rather than in a print book. Um, how is the advent and the rise of digital going to possibly change what you can do with some of these works versus if you had to put them out in print again? If, if we didn't have digital, I wouldn't even consider what we're doing tonight. Because there's a lot of stuff that there's no way to build a readership large enough, quick enough to handle in print. The, uh, the quantities that we have to print, the money you have to invest in that, and there's just one property, much less the, what, we're, we're do, what we got, like 9, 10, 12 properties we're yeah. playing around with tonight. Um, it would just be massive. You know, it's impossible. Digital... Yeah, there's some production investment. There's some time investment in there. But you have a better chance online and with digital release to find an audience with it. Um, you don't have that big print. You don't have that inventory to sit on. You don't have to carry them around the shows. I mean, some of these we may never make print copies of. But they'll be available in digital. Right. So, um Digital is going to open up doors to a lot of people. Digital is going to open up doors to a lot of people who can publish and uh, get their works out. So it's, this coming year, maybe in the next six months, it's really going to change things around. So keep your open-minded. And transferring your work from, uh, well, everything we have is obviously print form, mm -hmm. uh, printed on comic pages I do sell those pages right now, so we want yes, them to draw true. we were going to get on that <laughs> um, we were going to get into that but um, transferring from that printed form into the digital format um, how how is that going to change if at all the way that uh, people will have to deal with their their new books or their old books for that matter work that they had from before that isn't so much out now. I mean, we've talked before about the physical aspects of changing things from a digital to uh, a or print to a digital, rather. How is that going to change uh, going into a digital form with these older properties? Are people going to have to do a little bit of uh, this is what came before work, or do uh, you think you can just throw stuff out there and hope people catch up? Or how, how do you approach that, per se? Well, we've been talking about doing almost some sort of uh, maybe a one page of this is the story at this point so that you're not just dropped into something. I mean, there are ways, again, you have to look at each project or each property and e even each I issue and find ways because you're, you still have to have to, to have some responsibility to the readers because these are the people who are coming back to do your uh, to look at your other work, uh, to pick up all the other titles and and to sort of invest in your your history as well. So, you know, I like that idea of having not only a history set in our minds, but in the minds of people who can pick that up and you know who can run who can pick up any issue and not be totally lost and you know sort of like I said sort of invest in our history as well. I think another thing in the Star Wars books do this, especially the novels, is a timeline. Mm -hmm. Setting up a timeline. And I'm not, I'm not, I think we need to include that in with each book. You know, if you read a certain Blood and Roses book, uh, Future Past Tense, you need to know within that timeline where that storyline falls. And you include that timeline and constantly update it. 
in the books that are coming out. Digital is easy to update the books. You repackage it, you send it back out, they, and it's available for upload. So you can constantly tweak, you know, even though you put out a digital book today, tomorrow I can offer to the distributor another version. So it's easy to tweak and update that timeline as you produce more material, new material. So I think I think the the pre-page is very important. It's telling the story up to this point, catching people up. You don't have to go back and grab it if you don't have it, but also giving them a timeline on the end of the book is where this fits. And this is and the good thing is that's a selling point and go on and this is other stuff that you can find. So, it's sort of a marketing tool too to keep right. people up there. So, um digital is going to open up some major doors and and a lot of print people are against it, but um, we talk about it a lot because it's here. It ain't right. going anywhere. Um, it's going to modify. It's going to change. New readers are going to come out. But um, I think Apple's got a hold of a whole lot of the market, and we need a whole lot of readers to enjoy this this small little industry that we work in. Right. So uh, yeah, it's going to be fun, and I'm pumped. And what we're seeing here and what we've got, you know, going, it's going to be cool. But I like retro, Bill. Retro's cool. Retro, that's... Yes, we've been fighting all evening what to call this. Retro's cool. You've heard it here first, folks. Yes. We own retro. That's right. Retro. Yeah. Retro Skystorm. Stay away from it. All right. Well, speaking of what we've been into tonight, uh, as I said in the opening, we are literally in the middle of a room full of 30 years worth of artwork. Um, you guys are really making me feel old. We considering. should. <laughs> and considering that you brought that 30 years worth of artwork in, in oh, say about 10 big tubs. So, um, at least that, it was in tubs. <laughs> that's true. That's probably not the best way to cart around your artwork, though, and to keep it safe and sound. Now, I know there's some products um, at this. Um, place I think it's called Blue Line Pro that you might be able to find some better ways to art, to keep your artwork. Uh, what are some of those ways? Well, one of the best looking is that we offer several different portfolios. They're portfolios that are pre-bound, like 20 pages. They hold up to 40 pages front and back, and they're really nice because once you fill them up. You can put them on a bookshelf. They'll lay flat. They'll go back in those tubs real nice and neat, yeah. you know. So, And there's all different sizes. Um, I happen to know we just got a huge order of them in. So we have the, the 11 by 17s, which fit original artwork. We have 8.5 by 11s, which would fit like smaller comic book stuff. But I think they go up to 13 by 19 or maybe even larger. So um, we, we have a bunch of those. They're really nice, and we're using a ton of them tonight. Mm -hmm. Getting a lot of the artwork put away. It's nice because you can put all the original artwork from page, the cover, page one, all the way to the last page in a portfolio. So, um, portfolios, portfolios, if not, call Blue Line, they can help you find them. Right. And um, we're coming across some stuff that is slightly ancient. I mean, some stuff that. <laughs> <laughs> not John, to make you feel old, but. You know, Bill, I'm handing this one to you, buddy. <laughs> No, not to make you feel old, but some stuff that was actually lettered, the lettering was done on graph paper. Yes. All right. Now, <laughs> how, um, how can you preserve that really, uh, that really old stuff? Is there some other way besides the, uh, the portfolio sleeves? Is there another option to really keep that particular stuff as, uh, as viable visually as you can? Not really. Um, keep it out of sunlight. Um, I'm noticing even... 
a lot of this that was stored is starting to fade a little bit. The pencils, the right. markers, time, time ages, yeah. times break stuff down. Um, I know Chuck picked up a page and the word balloon had fallen off of mm -hmm. it from where it was glued. Um, not wax, but glued. So, um, yeah, you just can't help it. I mean, what we'll have to do is we're digitaling is as we're scanning we got to try to get the balloons back in place um might be some relettering done or some right. tweaking done to it probably a bit more time we want to spend but it'll look nice and it'll last forever once we get it digitized and it'll be ready to go in whatever format comes down the road um as far as storage not really um you can use some top loaders um those are like the little the little pocket things you get for trading cards for baseball cards they make them 11 by 17 um, you need to be very careful because stuff where you have stuff pasted on it will catch them. Um, usually you use those for prints or posters, not so much for... You, you see a lot of original right. artwork, but not with pasted word balloons. Yes. Yeah. That's all this stuff is yeah. really is. It has pasted word balloons mm. on it. Yes. Graphic design at its earliest. Um, is there anything like a creator now uh, could be doing or shouldn't be doing that when they have their artwork 20 years down the road that it still looks as good as a lot of the stuff we have that's 20 years or later. Well, should they be doing with their original artwork? Right, not just with their original artwork, but is there materials they should be avoiding or they should be using instead? I didn't, I don't want this to turn into a big art thing, but um, it is kind you, of what you we want, do. You want to use archival papers, the right. Strathmores, um, they're 100% cottons, and they're not going to yellow on you. Um, they're going to hold the colors and the pencils better. I see it, you know, in some of the, the lower grade art papers that we used yeah. early on, that the ink is still there that we printed the borders with, but the papers have yellowed slightly. We've lost some pencil quality and stuff. So, um, and this stuff's been in drawers. It's not like it's been out. It's been moved a few times, but it's been in drawers. It has been out. So it's just. Um, Use archival paper. I know now, doing new work, doing Claysway strips every week, um, we use archival paper. Um, I need to catch myself because on the artwork I'm cheating and I'm not drawing the borders on the finished artwork, I'm drawing the borders on Photoshop because mm. it's so much easier. Yeah. But to make a nice piece of artwork, I need to finish the borders on the finished artwork and I need to come up with a way to put the word balloons on it. So I took a bunch of the artwork to a show recently, and I got looking at this original artwork thinking, nah, it's, this yeah. ain't finished. <laughs> yeah, this isn't finished. So you need to finish your artwork, and, and if you're going to sell it, mm -hmm. if you're going to just keep it, that's your business. But if you're going to sell it and present it to be sold, then you need to, to finish it as completely as you can. Yeah, drawing borders in Photoshop is tons quicker oh, yeah. than ruling with a tech pen or anything like that. But... Um, I know um, Brett Geiger does something where he prints out the word balloons on acetate, whites out the back, and then tapes that over his original artwork. So wow. the guy buying the original artwork is getting the original artwork into word balloons. Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to play around with that a little bit with Clay's way. Because the nice thing in Photoshop, everything's in layers. Right, yeah. So I can always pull out the word balloon layer, print it out on acetate, and see mm -hmm. how that works to make a nice piece. So, Is there anything from an anchor standpoint, Bill? that they can do or should be doing to possibly preserve this work? Well, you really need to look at what kind of ink you're using. Again, you want to use archival, you want to use a good quality ink that's not going to, over time, turn into 
maybe go green or go purple. Some of them, some bleed through and blue. Um, yeah, blue. Yeah. I mean, I I see a uh, lot of them, but I've seen a couple with red tints in them. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you want to look at quality of of your materials, not just when you're doing it, but for the future if you're continuing to you know keep your own stuff. But if you're going to sell it, you know, think about who's going to buy it too. I mean. Maybe you don't care, but right, you know. But, but you will care eventually, probably. Yeah, yeah, and if you if you have if you have some pieces that you, you know, that you keep in your personal collection, even or mount on your wall, or you know, you have them stored because they're your favorite pages out of a book. You know, you want to keep that nice and uh, you know crisp for as long as you can, because things do happen. Things, you know, temperature, humidity, all those things play into. Uh, you know, how Big, well you're... Bigger thing is light. Yeah. I know some... Um, they always tell you not to use Sharpies. I know on some of these pages we use Sharpies and it looks good considering it's been in drawers right. and darkness. Mm-hmm. Those same pages, if we had them presented or mounted outside in UV lighting or natural mm-hmm. lighting, the odds are they would have faded horribly. Right. Yeah. And that's when you wish you used Indian ink to wash over that area to preserve it. So... Yeah, like Bill, you need to think about where this page is going, if you're going to sell it, and then, you know, create it that way. I, with Clay's Way stuff, I use all, all archivable inks on it, because I do want to sell original artwork right. as part of the merchandising, so. Yeah, I was just thinking when he said mounted on the wall, I was just envisioning a picture sitting on someone's wall, and then the window... The light from the window just slowly fading that entire. Well, we've all seen those comic yeah. books. We've all worked yeah. in comic shops and yeah, and watched, watched those covers yeah, fade. Yeah, watch them just fade off. I know our big store we had. We had that toy area. Yeah. And even though the front windows were shaded, I, you could still see the Star Wars toys boxes that had faded yeah. out over a year time. Start to bleed out. Mm-hmm. So sun will tear it up uv lighting will tear it up pretty bad too i've always wanted i've watched these artists use all these copic markers to do all this original artwork Mm -hmm. and these really cool sketch cards i'm just wondering if they're displayed out how long they stay looking cool yeah i'm not sure copic isn't archival is it i don't i don't think it is it's an apple it's some type of base i don't know i'm not too sure well let's get into another aspect of history i guess um, the, a lot of the work we have in here, um, there are multiple things we're mm-hmm. dealing with. Um, if someone is lucky enough in the future to have multiple things to deal with, how do you prioritize? How do you, how do you look at everything you have, the enormity of what you have, and prioritize as to what would be, what would be the thing you'd want to approach first? I guess uh, what are you going to do with the property? Are you going to are you looking to take it digitally, build a readership for it, market it, print? You know, look at where you want to take it, and that's sort of what we've done tonight. And you know, we know we got a large volume of Blood and Roses. It's one of the books that we didn't totally re-kick start. Mm-hmm. One of the few books, you know, um, it sort of ran its course, and we sort of stayed with it, and still have we still have new materials we're working on now. For Blood and Roses. So we know we're going to take it digitally. Um, we know we'll probably do, keep some type of collection and print for it. But um, 
there's some other properties there that we know we will only come out in digital. We won't put back in print because the readership just won't be solid enough in print to support a print run, even a print on demand. We could do a limited print on demand. I mean, right. that's expensive. And that's really where printing may end up going, print on demand. So you print up books that you need to fill your orders off your website or take the shows. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, uh, Darren Mueller from Ringtail, he recently did a print on demand on his trade. Mm -hmm. And I think he printed 40 or 50 or something like that. They had a heck of a show, and now he's already got a reprint. Right. But these books cost him something like 12 bucks a piece yeah, to print. Yeah, not cheap. And they're selling them for 24 yeah. or something like that. So it's a heck of an investment just mm -hmm. for 50 of them. Right. You know, so, um, but it's an option. And they're very nice looking books. Mm -hmm. So, um You've got to determine where the book's going to go. If you're going to continue it and support it with new material, that's probably going to move something up the list, too. If you have new material coming out, of course, you want the old material out there right. to help build that readership. So, um, for me, the decision is I have this material, and we've got new stuff in the works, so it's more of a priority to get a focus built on it because i got new stuff I want to sell. If I have another property that I have something done, it's really cool, but I don't see a future for it, then it's probably going to get a digital push, and that's it. You know, and maybe move the characters into another property that maybe could help support it. The word "dated" came up a few <laughs> times, <laughs> more than a few times actually, when we were discussing artwork um, tonight. Um, is there some way? bill that someone can avoid having their work look dated or is there just no way around that are you always making artwork for whatever time you're in well i think if, if at some point you have followed a fad or a style say a um, certain style of inking or shading like the image style i mean we all remember when a lot of books had that uh, had that look or tried to have that look and you can still do some of that today. It's, but it's in in some ways it's uh, I don't know. It, it it depends on how you pull it off in the first place. But um, certain styles, certain uh, fashions, certain trends, some of those things, or even some of the word balloons that we've read, some it makes refre uh, references to things back in you know bands or movies or things in the past that some people may not even know right. nowadays. You're talking about my meatloaf ref reference? <laughs> no. Oh, we're I talking about I, the shoulder pads on all the characters. I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> that wasn't out loud. Hey, meatloaf so, is still around. I, I, think, I think we've also reflected upon, yeah, some, some stuff is dated, but how often do you go back and tweak Right. Or do you say, this is what we created, hopefully you can enjoy it, but also this is what's new, hopefully you come over and sample this. This is what we're doing at this point in time. Because it's retro. Because that is retro. Right. And it will talk about old rock bands, or old whatever. Well, see, that's what we need Chuck pads. for, is old rock bands. That's right. We work at a radio station. Yes. <laughs> we got a thumbs up, that's all we get. <laughs> So is there anything else that they should know as far as uh, dealing with the history of their work before we move on to greener pastures? 
I take that as a no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure, like always, we'll come back up with something more. Undoubtedly. Send, Send us an email. Yes, podcast you. at sketchmagazine.net or get on the boards at CR and drop us a note. Um, we love hearing from you guys. And unfortunately, we don't have a laptop here. We have many laptops here. And John's ready to do a review on his column. But we can't check emails right, right now. So if you did an email, we apologize. We'll get to it next week. So, um, you know, I think this is probably a much shorter podcast than we've had in the past. It is the first one all three of us and Chuck for is all in the same room. Which is so, why it's so short. <laughs> it's, could be. Yes, it could be. We didn't have our half-hour pre-show conversation. Right, that's it. We've had an all-day conversation about stuff. We just forgot to record that. Sorry. True. <laughs> but um, I guess we want to get close to wrapping up here. All right. So I so, guess that behooves me to jump over. Well, before you go. Whoops. Okay. Uh-oh. Before you go. There's a voice. All right. Here, yes. goes, the rest, here goes that short podcast, kids. <laughs> <laughs> this is Chuck here. If you ever get the opportunity to walk in the history of a studio and dig into the comics and the pages and the artwork and all of the stories that go along with it, as a comic creator who is of the newbie generation to all this, looking at some of the history that this studio has, I highly encourage take advantage of any opportunity. Somebody invite you in the door like I was invited today. Stuff the pages, stuff the folders, help them organize the history in any way you can because the the amazing artwork that I've gotten to handle and what you're going to get to see digitally in the future. Um, I just wanted to come on here for just a couple seconds to tip my hat because you guys are in for a treat. I've already found one series I absolutely love and want to hunt down the, the issues of, if at all possible. And uh, you know, I've discovered some new stuff tonight that I didn't even know existed, and I thought I knew these guys. So, if you ever get the chance, go hang out. Comics are great. Do it as a group. And you also find some very embarrassing stuff that you wish you'd have at home. <laughs> we will not talk about it. <laughs> we won't say a word, horses and bulls. But <laughs> All right, John. What did you cover this All week right. on CR? <laughs> All right. Jumping over to the sketch form uh, quickly to get away from that topic. All right. Uh, this one is actually for uh, Mr. Moore. Um, the artist Sean Gordon Murphy. Uh, who has done several issues of Hellblazer, also did Titans, and Joe the Barbarian, another favorite book of Mr. Moore, um, and of Bob Hickey, is drawing John Constantine for his friends uh, with a brush. Um, He's going to be in Sketch. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah? Is he going to be in Sketch? Mm-hmm. Excellent. So yeah, even better. So that I can grab his pages off of DigiR, or uh, DeviantArt. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's got a, tons of great stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I will warn people, uh, the language is a little adult at times. Uh, it sounded like he was there with a lot of his drinking buddies, but <laughs> the video is well worth watching, so go check that out. Beyond that, um, I found a video of a lot of people say newspaper strips are dying out. Um, I am kind of one of those people because I don't believe I've actually read a newspaper strip in a long time. But it is a very specific kind of art form. It, of course, is kind of the birthplace to comics, web comics, and pretty much anything you can think of pretty much came from the newspaper comic strip. So um, I found someone doing the Dick Tracy strip. 
and doing a lot of the same techniques that we deal with as creators. So check that one out. Then beyond that, this one might seem a little odd, but if you are a publisher and a studio under yourself, you have to know how to get your books to people. You can't just throw that stuff in an envelope. You should know how to package things. So I actually found a a video on packing and shipping. So did my mom do that article. I, I think she so. She runs our shipping at yeah, Blue Line. Yeah, could be. <laughs> but so definitely check that out. Um, then there is an inker who and an illustrator who worked on Spider-Man, GI Joe, a lot of other books named Randy Emberlin. I was afraid I was going to goof his name. Yeah, he was an Apple five. Oh yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yes. Um, he um, and this one kind of appealed to me because I teach art. So uh, he was doing art classes for kids during the summer, teaching them how to do comics uh, through this intense several uh, day thing, getting into the creation of comics and. The kids, and animation, surprisingly, and the kids just really seem to have a great time, so check that one out. Then, um, another anchor, Mark Deering, or Daring, I think it's Deering. Um, he gets, he's on there, and these are some, actually some really good long videos that he discusses how he got to where he is now. He's a professional anchor, and he talks about the path. He talks about his path to get there. Um, trust me, ask any creator who's been at this for a while about the path, and they can all do about a half hour on it, believe me. So I have a thing of him talking about that and of him doing his artwork. Then uh, Jason Fisher, uh, who is an indie creator at the Alternative Press Expo. Uh, of course, Skystorm is by all means by all purposes, an indie book, or an indie studio, um, and all of us at Comic Related favor indie creators, so it seemed like the perfect fit here. Um, he kind of makes a little skit out of the beginning and end, but the, the center part is definitely worth checking out. Then I have another, um, another pro creator, who did, also did work on Hellblazer, named Tim Bradstreet. Uh, he talks a great deal about his tools and the process that he goes through in creating a page. Then I came across this little weird one called Brimstone and the Border Hounds. Uh, the, these, uh, these guys that uh, are creating their own book, uh, literally called Brimstone and the Border Hounds, and it's um, based on one of them and the uh, mystical misadventures he gets into. So definitely go check that out. And then I think this brings us up to where we were before. I have a little thing on discussing art supplies, uh, where we have a creator who's uh, talking about the supplies he likes to use and... Um, I managed to slip a little plug for Blue Line in there as well. So <laughs> go check all those out if you haven't over at the Sketch Magazine blog over at Comic Related. And that takes us to Bill Nichols and the Comics Mentor. Um, continuing on the, the whole encourage <clears throat> the whole encouragement 
vein. Uh, that seems to be what people really need to hear lately. Um, so I've really uh, been pushing that. And on the uh, uh, comic-related forum, we're gearing up. There will be a uh, another sketch magazine art contest that'll be inking, and Andy Smith has volunteered a page to use for pencils. So cool. Put that together, and that'll be on comic-related, uh, the forum on sketchmagazine.net, on Comics Mentor. We'll just you know it'll be everywhere. So. Uh, as Danny Mickey says, give show the inker some love. So, um, do we have a winner yet for the art contest for the rock band? Yes, it was Ingrid Hardy. Ingrid, Woo-hoo. all right, she um, did some stuff for Sketch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, awesome. she did a, yeah, she did a picture of a painting of Muse, uh, the rock band Muse, and she did a great job, and so the others did too. It was it was a good uh, set of entries, so. Uh, you can check those out at the comic-related forum under the Sketch Magazine contest topic header, and you can see all those for yourself and read the judges' comments because that's one of the things that judges we've been uh, really, I guess, blessed this time with not just votes from the judges and their pros, but also some comments and uh, constructive things that they've said or things that they liked, and it's a teaching opportunity and a learning opportunity as well. I'm not going to let you off the hook that easily this time, Bill, because I just came across one that you did called Getting Your Second Wind. Um, I guess in a lot of ways what we did here tonight is giving Skystorm its second wind. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of expand on that uh, between what you meant here and what you, what, how, how it kind of falls into what everything we're doing tonight. <clears throat> well, I think that sometimes you, it's, you can almost get out of breath by, you know, your own, the weight of your own, whether it's your own issues, whether your own problems, your own history, your personal history, your comics history, uh, and you, you just sort of have to step back and catch your breath, and then you can go forward. Sometimes, because you can, if you're not careful, you can be overwhelmed by it all. I mean, I personally, a little earlier, I was overwhelmed by how much stuff that there was. <laughs> I could tell. Yeah. yeah, it's just where to start. Yeah, because there's just so much of it. Some of it I've seen. A lot of it I've seen. Some of it I haven't seen in 15, almost 20 years. Yeah. But that's sort of what that is: is 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 catching your breath so that you can make that next step forward and go from there and that's really a lot of what we have done today is going forward well for me today it's nice i've been toting this artwork around for close to 30 years chuck and uh it's nice to get in here and and get it out with these guys and sort of share as you would with comic mentor to bring in the help whether it's stuff, Chuck in there stuffing pages and, and getting it in order, or Bill looking at stuff and you know help edit it and get it ready, we we sort of know what we got to tackle and we're getting it organized. It's no longer this big elephant in plastic tubs that's just sitting around waiting. There's a plan now, and that, that's been great for what we've done today here. And I think every creator needs to 
you know, get your projects off the shelf, make a plan, and get it rolling. Man, I'm preaching a little comic mentor here, Bill. There Better watch right. out. Better okay. watch out, buddy. Go ahead. Um, but um, it's been fun. It's been fun looking at it. There's projects here I thought we'd never do anything with that we've decided to do digitally with. I think it's cool. I think some of it might be embarrassing as heck. But we always throw the retro tag, right? Uh, we've been embarrassed before. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Nothing new. Nothing new. I didn't know you guys were so ugly. We can't do this live stuff anymore. That's true. Yeah. Um, so, no, um, I've been I've been busy with Clay's Way and, and doing conventions, so I haven't done a whole lot um, out there. But you can, you know, we're going to end it where, where you can find us. And I'll start it. Nope. Actually, not yet. John's nailing me here. You have to talk about not only what's on Clay's Way right now, but you yes. need to talk about what's on Sketch.net. Clay's Way. Clay's Way. All right. Well, that comic strip, remember? Yeah, this comic strip that we do. Um, Clay'sWay.com. This um, last Friday and this Monday strip was uh, very close to me because it was based on of an event that actually happened with my oldest son, Luke. And it's our first strip that's based on our tagline is a, a child with dyslexia ADHD raising his family this is the first time we ever touched on that and when we told him 11 years ago or something like that he had dyslexia first thing out of his mouth to us was am I gonna die he didn't realize that it was a just a handicap he thought it was a disease or something like that and that it would eventually kill him so we, needless to say, we were taken back, but we didn't know what it was either. I mean, we knew it wouldn't kill him, but we've spent the past 12 years or so researching it, finding out. So that that's the two-part strip. It was last Friday and this Monday. Um was the very closest strips to, to, to me. Um, and then this uh, this Friday strip was a little late. It was my fault. Um, got running late on it, um, but it did hit on Friday. And this is a cute strip with Clay, um, chickens on hamburgers. Darren Mueller from Ringtail Cafe sort of came up with the ideas, and Jackie and I ran with it. Mm. Um, the funny thing is, Mike Clay, he wouldn't touch a hamburger or pizza or anything like that, but he'd eat the chicken nuggets. So um, we're having a blast with this strip. Um, Jackie is way ahead on strips. I plan on putting a lot of effort in and getting way ahead. Because um, it's important to stay on schedule. It's important to be out there for the readers when they want to read it. I know I know that I screwed up this past Friday because I want to read PVP in the morning at, with my coffee. It doesn't happen. Kurtz doesn't always get it out. And here I find myself doing that. So we've, I've got to get ahead. That's my goal with Glazeway to get a week, two weeks, or three weeks ahead. So that's it. We're having a blast with it, though. We've put a lot of effort behind it. Um, sketchmagazine.net not a whole lot's going on over there at the moment uh, you know as many of you know 40 shipped the new podcast hit last Monday uh, this podcast will hit this Monday um, we are packaging sketch 1 through 10 digitally on DVD it's available at, at the Blue Line store so anybody who wants to buy them digitally um, can buy them and the next issue of sketch is 41 is that correct Bill? And that will be the Alex Ross issue. Mm -hmm. It'll be a two-parter. So the Alex Ross will now be a 41 and 42. So uh, we got a really long interview with him. So um, 
we're hoping that hits before the end of the year. And you may even hear some audio from those two things on this very podcast in the near future. Yes. Yes. And I do want to say it's a good thing you did a it's a good thing you did a cute strip after two very serious <laughs> trips cuz yeah, a little tear jerking there. You got to balance it. Yeah. And I knew eventually we had to do touch upon some things right. that were serious with the strip. And we could do a podcast on this. Yeah. Um but it's sort of like And we might. Yeah, we might. Um You've got to make it fun, too, in humorous. Mm-hmm. And even that, I knew what we were going to write was that, you know, he says, is it going to kill me? And then yeah. Katie hugs him. And then I'm like, how do I make this funny? Right. You know, what do I do? And I asked Bill, I asked John, and right. asked Bill Love. I said, and then I sort of just rolled up with, oh, she's hugging him so tight. He's like, help, let me go. Out. You're choking me, you know. So his mom says, I didn't hug him that tight. I was like, well, <laughs> sure I think mom. you did. But anyway, um, it, it, there's going to be some serious stuff, but it right. is a humor strip. Um, but we wanted to introduce all the, as many of the characters as we could before we touched on a serious mm-hmm. strip. So so the readers, and so we care about it. You want them to care about it. They care about the strip when it gets serious. Um, so a strip should be a roller coaster. You should have a lot of fun with it. And every once in a while, something's going to happen. So... Um, it's fun. It, it, it's a learning skill for us. We've never done weekly strips. I've never done weekly strips consistently week yeah. after week after week. I did it badly so, for a while, but yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's tough. It's a tough job. So, um, it's, But it's a lot of fun. So, Okay, now okay, now we can jump to where you can all find All right, me. where can they find you, John? They can always find me at john at sketchmagazine.net or john at comicrelated.com. Bill? Find me at Comics Mentor or uh, the Comic Related Forum. And I'm hanging out at BlueLinePro.com, SketchMagazine.net, Claysway.com, and the soon coming, but not there yet, SkyStormStudios.com. And walking into the room, Chuck Moore, where can they find you on the net? <laughs> I was coming just to shut down the podcast. Right <laughs> ComicRelated.com. Thank you guys, always. And thanks for stopping by the Sketch Magazine podcast again. We will see you next week. Take care. See you.